Welcome to the VIP Ignite podcast, your source for tomorrow's talent today. Hear real life stories of models, actors, and musicians breaking down barriers, launching careers, and sharing their stories of overcoming obstacles and finding real success. They will activate the winner in you by revealing the path with their best tips and advice. My name is Deneen White, and I am the host of the VIP Ignite Live podcast, and I have the great honor of introducing everyone today to the one and only Thomas G. Waits. Thomas, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So um, but just to get started, can you briefly introduce yourself to my audience? Uh, sure. So my name is Thomas G. Waits. I um come from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I moved to New York when I was 17 to study acting at Juilliard. I left Juilliard after three years, and then I started working as an actor at 21, and I turned 67, as you know, a few weeks ago, so <laughs> you can do the math and figure out how long I've been acting and directing, writing now, and doing music. Uh, a long time I've been at this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I met you, I had the opportunity to meet you at a, at a VIP Ignite event at the Yotel Hotel. It was um, like three or four years ago. And you did this tremendous acting class for everyone. And I remember oh, yeah. there was this point where you had everyone laying down on the ground. And I was like, what exactly am I, what did I get myself into? But seeing the way that you coach people and just having the opportunity to see some of your work. It's, it's just, it's such an honor for me to be able to interview you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and, you know, I feel, I do appreciate that. Uh, but the thing is what makes a great coach or what makes a great teacher, it, it's the same impulse. You know, first of all, I'm a player, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's comparative sports. I've, I've been on Super Bowl winning teams as an actor. And with all those years of experience, you you lodge both the negative and the positive of, uh, you know, exactly what this craft of acting is about and how to deal with it, whether you're in front of a camera, you know, as we are now, or whether you're in front of um, an audience of 5000 people. How do you bring something to life? And then once you bring it to life, how can you really make it land so the audience has a cathartic experience? That's what they're, they come to the theater or the movies. That's what they come for is to feel. Yeah. So and, mm -hmm. do you feel like that is something that you can teach people or do you think there are some people that just have it? Well, that's an interesting question. You know, this goes, I've been teaching for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, I've been a professional actor all these years, but I started teaching at 22 because people would always come up to me and say, hey, would you look at my scene and tell me what's wrong with it? So they just sort of endowed me with this property. Uh, but I, I learned why I have and I, and I have a sensibility about what works, you know. And the thing of it is, is that um, there are so few places where a 
an actor can actually get the training that they need to get the work that they want. Yeah. Uh, the key is in training. Everything yeah. is your training. And because I had the great training I received at Juilliard, it enabled me, believe it or not, to get work in you know, Cleveland doing Shakespeare for the summer. Wow. As well as uh, working with Al Pacino um, at Circle in the Square Theater or even voiceovers because I had, you know, trained my voice and speech for all those years. I was able to take copy and read it and bring it to life. It just came naturally to me. Yeah. And this, of course, benefited me and my family and you know, like any other man in any other profession, you learn your trade and you get good at it so you can take care of your own, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's um, that was the plan with me. Uh, but uh, again, it's that great good fortune of having had so much success young that I learned the landscape. Yeah. Really early on. Okay. What is an agent? What is a casting director? Why are they there? What is a producer? What is yeah. a line producer? Why are they there? What do you do when you have a problem on set? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? Yeah. Um, how do you make use of your union to support you? Yeah. Uh, there's a million things that you learn along the way. And uh... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to know all the nuances of the industry because you always you should you should always be growing, no matter what you're doing in the entertainment industry. You should always be growing, reinventing yourself. Yeah, yeah, because I think um, we work with a lot of new talent. A lot of times we're like, oh my gosh, when I get that first role, I've arrived. But as soon as that role ends, now you're looking for the next role and the next role and the next role, and that's the nature of the industry. And that's why I love the way you described your career. You you've literally learned all the different parts of, of the entertainment industry. And I've had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to see you working as a director. And I know that you wrote the, the movie that we were, that you were shooting. We, I had the opportunity to be there when you shot the final scene, which was amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about your new project that you're, I know you're wrapping up now you're in post-production, but can you talk to us a little bit about, um, the new project that you're working on uh, about Target. Obviously, sure. don't go into too many details. We don't want any spoilers. But yeah, we don't want any. We don't want to give it away. Um, but during the pandemic, uh, you know, I got COVID right away, really badly. I mean, I slept on my couch for 15 straight hours and then crawled into my bedroom. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was really really sick, but it never got into my lungs. So my doctor is like look, just tough it out. And he was right. And I did. And, you know, finally, uh, I ate raw garlic, oil <laughs> of oregano. And I, oh. the, fe the fever, I know it's the most ghastly tasting, <laughs> but the fever broke. Yeah. Between the garlic and the oil of oregano, it broke. And then I was better, like almost right away. Wow. But during COVID, when we were all sealed up in our apartments here in New York City, I said, you know, I really want to make my own films. I want to make my own films. I'm sick of doing other people's shit. Yeah. I am sick of saying other people's lines. Sometimes they're great lines. And 
sometimes, uh, you know, not so great. <laughs> but this time I want to take complete responsibility. And so I wrote the script, Target, a post-pandemic sexual comedy, I might add. <laughs> and, uh, and then I had to raise the money to shoot it. And of course, I am the last guy you should come to to ask how much things cost. <laughs> You're trying to figure out the price of things. Don't call Tom. <laughs> I, like I go to the grocery store. My ex-wife used to say to me, you don't even look at the prices. You just throw. <laughs> I don't care how much it costs. I'm going to pay for it anyway. What difference is it? <laughs> but uh, this was a very serious matter because I had to raise a considerable amount of money in a very short time. And then we had all of the restrictions that SAG put on us because of COVID. I had to pay, you know, these kids every day to come and spray Lysol and wipe stuff down. I mean, it was, and then once a week, I had to bring the entire crew and cast to an objective third party to test us. Oh, wow. And I had to pay for all of that, which I didn't include in them, had no idea it was going to be in the budget. But, um, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, when you know, okay, you, Mr. Big Shot, you want to be a filmmaker? You want to raise your own money and do it yourself? I was fortunate to find Vinnie Pestarini, mm -hmm. um, Alyssa Rabinowitz, and Steve Conka, three people three of the most beautiful people I've ever known um, step up and for deferred payment, produce my picture. That's awesome. Because I didn't know what the I was doing, not with regard to producing a film. I mean, I've yeah. always just been an actor. You know, someone picks me up and takes <laughs> me to the set and you know, feeds me, takes me home. <laughs> this was the first time where I was, you know, the big daddy and it was a very high pressure situation, but I think we got a really good product and I'm hoping that it is a commercial as well as a critical success. It was so much fun seeing you work again behind the scenes because there were points like, it was my first time on set when I came to your set. Mm. And we also celebrated your birthday, like you alluded to, which mm. was really amazing. But the when we were on set, it was just really magical watching you do the creative process because I, again, I had never really been a part of that. And there are points where you were like creating jokes and like laughing at your own jokes, which was amazing. <laughs> like seeing, I have a great picture I'll have to share with you the next time I see you, but like, you're like, you're like cracking up behind the camera. It's like one of my favorite photos ever, but, um, but seeing you work on the creative process was amazing. Yeah. And it was such an honor to just be there again for that final scene. So you know, we wish you all the success in the world for that. I can't wait to see the final. I, we saw about three minutes of the film on at that evening. I cannot wait to see the whole film. It'll be amazing. It's going to be great, I think, I hope. Uh, and, you know, I learned that. I learned, well, of course, you're watching on set. And, you know, I like to make it Fun, you know, I like to make the set a creative and fun place for people to be because that's when they're the most creative. Yeah. You know, they're not creative under Saturnine influences, you know, some 
you know, taskmaster staring at them and telling them what to do and how to do it. You know, fuck that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, we're, we're working here. You guys are creative artists and I'm lucky enough to be in the same room with you and let's see if we can make this work, you know? Uh, and we had a great time. Uh, it is very interesting to be on set and to watch a director work because the whole thing is on him. Yeah. Does he, it, it, you don't move the camera until he says, okay, we got the shot. Yeah. And it was really fun having the editor, Jordan Santora, who's brilliant, a young kid. Um, he was on set also. And that was the first day that I ever had an editor on set, which was really nice. And um, we've been chopping away at it uh, piece by piece. You see, it starts out with, I had eight hours of footage. Mm-hmm. So you just start chipping away and chipping away and trying to shape it like a sculptor until yeah. you get one smooth 90 minute story. Yeah. And uh, there's still one more, uh, two more shots I need to get. They're just easy little things, but I have to get them before we lock the picture and then clean the sound and colorize it. And then um, fingers crossed, we get a good release distribution awesome. deal yeah cool. all right so i i also know that you're working on a play right now so a can play. we talk about the difference between film and theater because I, again a lot of our talent i what i encourage all of our new talent to do especially our actors is to get involved in theater because theater right. is the theater is something you need in order to it's kind of like acting 101 if you can Absolutely. act in theater, then you can adapt to TV and film. So can you talk a little bit about the differences between acting in TV and film versus theater? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, here's a, a photograph of me, if I can show it properly, with Al Pacino. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I was 24 years old when that picture was taken. And I got the honor of being in that position, playing that part with another great actor, Clifton James, if you don't know him. Uh, Any other great performances, Cliff James and Al Pacino and I, a three character play called American Buffalo. But I did, um, you know, when I was uh, coming up, this is the thing. And why does Pacino always go back to the stage? because he's a great actor and the stage is difficult because you know there you are and you're playing this character you have no idea you know you've read the script hopefully and you have a director hopefully that knows what he's doing but don't count on it you have to be director proof and you create this character and you make him or her fit into the space and the relationship with the other people that you're working with in a much larger, generally speaking, area so that you have much more room to block and cross and sit and stand and depending on what the play is and the set and so forth. Film is much more precise and concise. There's much less dialogue involved you know, because it's telling stories with pictures. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. But the difference, I would say, as, as an actor, 
is that when you're performing on stage and you have, let's say you're performing in um, theater in the round. So you have, you know, a thousand people sitting around you on both sides. You have to somehow find a way to play to those thousand people. No matter what you're doing, the way it has to be blocked and presented, it has to revolve as the audience does around you. Film is much more about making the camera love you. Film is about looking at that red light when the red light is on and looking at it and letting it in inside your soul and sharing your soul with the world, really. I mean, I was telling my class last night, you know, I'm like, I've done plays with one person in the audience. Mm-hmm. One. Okay. <laughs> I've played with an audience. Well. Doing Taming of the Shrew with one, and I was Petruchio, with oh, one goodness. person. And then the next night, it was packed to the the rafters with Al Pacino in the audience. So, <laughs> and I've done performances for millions of people on film and television. Millions of people get to see it. Uh, you as an actor owe it to your audience to give them the best of yourself. Acting to me is an art form that requires purity of purpose. You have to train your body, you have to train your voice, you have to train your emotions, and you have to train your mind to this rather um, difficult and sometimes you know, treacherous industry. It can be a brutal business. Yeah. Uh, I've been fired several times from movies and Broadway plays. I quit a Broadway play at 21. <laughs> I'm a good guy to call on what not to do. <laughs> yeah, here you are producing yeah. your own movie, producing right. your own play. I guess that does say something, doesn't it? Yeah. Never thought of it that way. I think the thing that people have to understand is when you're getting into acting in general, like I, I, I know I don't think you do it for the acclaim. I don't think you do it for the applause. I think you do it because you love what you do. And I think that is something for up for I've interviewed so many different actors and the greats. They don't do it. They do it because they love the craft. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I would say you have it's the passion. It's yeah. the passion. Passion is everything. Yeah. People remember about 10% of what you say, but they yeah. remember 100% of how you made them feel. Yeah, exactly. And if you have really pure passion burning inside you, you know, that you need to do this for some specific reason. You know, I myself came from a very large Irish Catholic family and got no attention. So the first time I walked on stage and opened my mouth, and everyone was quiet. I was like, wow, nobody ever listened. 
this I know what I'm doing for the rest of my life. You walk on stage and everyone listens to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Then I got into rock and roll, you know, in the 80s. And I had a sort of a punk band. You know, we played at CBGB's all the time. And, you know, they're different from the theater. They come in, they're wasted, they're throwing beer bottles at you. Where's the real Tom Waits? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I've survived those things. Uh, and I'm still here, as you say, and uh, still doing it. Yes, I'm getting ready to direct a new play called A White Man's Guide to Rikers Island at the Gene Frankel Theater. It opens March 12th. It previews March 11th and March 10th at 8 o'clock at the Gene Frankel. 24 Bond Street. You can contact the Gene Frankel Theater for tickets. I believe we're using Eventbrite, but somebody will know. Um, and uh, Vinny and Alyssa are producing the play with me as well. Oh, wow. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I asked uh, the producing entity to bring them on since I they did such a great job for me on the film. I know they'll do a great job on the play. I mean, Alyssa is, I don't know if you got to speak with her, but she's a great line producer. Okay. You know, she is the person that you go to when you want to find out how much things cost. You know? <laughs> the opposite Not me. You. Your <laughs> don't <opposite>. call me. <laughs> I remember I went to one of my investors, you know, and because uh, I had gone over budget after three weeks of shooting and I still had... A few more scenes to get, so I was in trouble, you know. Uh, we had some issues. But one of my investors, I called, and I explained the circumstances to him, how we got so far behind. And, you know, these are wealthy people, and they, you know, they don't, they believe in me, or they wouldn't yeah. have invested in me. Of course. And the one guy goes, well, Tom, I don't know, you're about the last guy I'd call to ask how much things cost. I mean, if I... <laughs> wanted you to direct something I'd call you but I wouldn't be calling you to find out how much things cost <laughs> uh, but since then I've gotten things in in much tighter order and we're in pretty good shape and uh, we we will be able to finish the film thanks to the help of some very generous people uh, at the last minute and um, it's quality I mean we are really putting endless hours yeah into every microsecond of this thing I and mean, i'm not kidding yeah you know we have put in literally i mean hundreds and hundreds of hours already just to try to get the music and i wrote a lot of the songs so uh it's been really fun well, I look forward to seeing the final product and I know that you have a lot going on. So I just wanted to thank you so much Absolutely. for taking the time to be on the podcast. And for anyone who is listening to the VIP Ignite Live podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe. I'm actually going to be interviewing a couple more people that are involved with Target um, on the podcast over the next couple of podcasts. And How exciting. To, I know, I'm so excited. Who else are you going to um, tonight, I'm interviewing Tony Daniels and Steve Conka, and then tomorrow, I'm actually interviewing um, Vinny. So it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be like a Target, a whole Target. Um, oh, I love it! Series. Yeah, I love it. Tony yeah. Daniels is a musical genius. He's and, a uh, too. He's oh a my God. 
I did the pre-interview with him and I was in stitches and then he's right. like, hold on, we're going to get Stevie on the phone. And then all of a sudden I'm on the phone with the two of them. I'm like, Hey guys, this is awesome. It's so, like a stand-up routine. Oh know? my God. I was, I was dying. So yeah. Yeah. He's on the lookout really for that podcast. Cause that and, is going to be, <laughs> that's going to gonna, gonna be fun. And Steve Conka is a gr- great natural born producer, a very successful young man yes. in his early thirties. And he's, He's built a huge business and um, he's just, a, you know, his house was, he donated his house. Yeah. Well, I mean, I rented it for three weeks, yeah. but not for anything near what he could have gotten. You saw how beautiful yeah, the whole was. was, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's chipped in in so many different ways, sacrificed. Tony sacrificed hours and hours. Everyone, Vinny, Alyssa, they've all put in so much time. And I'm so fortunate. Yeah. Well, we, you and I have spoken about this in the past. And I think that's because when you're a good human being, what, what the good that you put out in the world comes back to you. And that's what happened with your project. So I'm really excited to, to see the final product. Thank you, Denine. You're welcome. All right, guys. All right, so, my darling. All right. Yeah. So if you're watching this, please make sure or you're listening to our podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe on the VIP Ignite Live podcast. We have lots of really cool podcasts coming up and make sure that you click on the links below to find out more about what we do. All right. And go to thomasgwaits.com if you're interested in my acting class. thomasgwaits.com is the website. And uh, we're at the Gene Frankel Theater every Monday night, 7 to 10 on 24 Bond Street. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much everyone and have a great night okay bye sweetheart bye thank you for listening to the vip ignite podcast for free resources and to learn more about how to become a model actor or musician please head over to ammsociety.com and if you loved this episode please head over to itunes to subscribe and leave us a review it is very much appreciated thank you